The Truth and Love Ministry is pleased to present Truth and Love Radio with former Muslim and now Christian pastor Sharam Hadian. Sharam is from Iran and is now a proud U.S. citizen living in Washington State. In addition to being a pastor and conference speaker, he is also the host of the weekly television program Till TV. And now, here is your host, Sharam Hadian. Well, thank you for joining us on the program today. This is Pastor Sharam Hadian. I wanted to uh, share with you my ongoing concern for our nation, uh, folks. Uh, I've done some shows recently on the ongoing Islamization of our public schools. But I want to focus today, and perhaps our next show as well, on the ongoing Islamization of our nation, and particularly the Islamic movement, i.e. the Muslim Brotherhood, going hyper-political. Uh, Earlier this morning, I was on Crosstalk with our friend Jim Schneider on VCY America, and I was doing an interview on this subject, and I thought, you know what, I I need to go further into this and and spend a couple of shows on this on our program so that hopefully you can understand really what is happening and the degree to which it's happening. And then there's another connection to this Islamization and political um, escalation of the Islamic movement in America, and 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 it's connected to the interfaith movement, the, the, all of the interfaith warnings that we've been talking about is directly related to the issue of the Islamic movement going hyperpolitical, and I, I'm I'm going to hopefully explain that for you and connect the dots. This ministry, and of course my background as a former Muslim, the Lord has commissioned us to obviously not only represent the Word of God and to present the gospel and to equip the church, but to bring a warning to America, to this nation, to what is happening and how quickly it is happening. I'm going to make a statement, and then hopefully I'll back it up with facts. I have said for the last at least four years, that the Islamic movement is gearing up to go to the upper house, to go from the lower house of Islam that is called Dar al-Harb, the house of war. Dar means house, Harb means war, to the Dar al-Islam, the house of Islam, or the house of submission. And I will try to go into some more detail on this. Uh, by the way, we have a couple of resources I'll point out here. We have a DVD on this subject that I have done called Unveiling the True Face of Islam. It is available on our website. If you go to the Order tab, and you, you can see there all the DVD presentations that we have. That DVD, I go into more detail about the two houses, the lower house, the upper house. And, and I'll try to cover some of that if we get a chance today, but it's a must-have DVD if you want to truly understand, excuse me, the ideology of Islam. And then, of course, our brand new DVD, which has just come out a few weeks ago, that is a must, must, must. I, I, I earnestly believe it is the most important presentation we've done. It's called The Trojan Horse of Interfaith Dialogue. And and in this DVD, we, we, we connect the dots between the Islamic movement, the Muslim Brotherhood, the infiltration into the churches, the interfaith movement, uh, and 
how it is all being used to give political cover to Islam in the West and particularly in America. So I want to go through some examples today of what I covered with Jim Schneider today on VCY America. Of course, you can listen to that interview on their website. If you go to VCY America, I believe it's .com to their website, um, you can listen to the Crosstalk program. And I believe that on Worldview Weekend, uh, Brandon House covers that as well. <clears throat> Excuse me, I apologize. I'm fighting a cold, and so my uh, voice is a little bit raspy today. I apologize about that. So uh, this is very alarming and very concerning, and, and most people are not paying attention to how rapidly this is increasing. The, the, when you see the Islamic movement get hyper-political, two things should be evident. W one is that Islam, and by definition the law of Islam, Sharia, is political. It's governmental. All of this nonsense from the apologists of Islam that Sharia is 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 not political. Sharia is not for you know non-Muslims. It's a per, it's a personal faith. That's that's a lie. And 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 the the evidence, the fruit of that, is being manifested before our eyes in the fact that the Islamic movement is getting very hyper-political, and we're seeing more Muslims run for office in America. Uh, at Particularly, we have to pay attention to local races, for mayors, for city council, county commissioners, <clears throat> park, park board members, uh, uh, state legislators, governors. Uh, I'll, I'll, you know, again, I'll, I'll flesh this out for you here today. But that number one should be evident that that Sharia is not just religious, but it is political and that Islam is not just a religion, but it is a political ideology. It is a constitution. This is why I keep using the term constitution, that that Sharia is the constitution of Islam, because hopefully that will help some in America understand you know, when I hear things like, oh, Sharia will, you know, would never impact America. It's not a threat to us. Uh, hopefully they will understand what we're talking about because Sharia is the constitution of Islam. So that should be evident. And sadly, it's not. The second thing that should be evident is that they are getting ready to go to the upper house when they get this political because they're trying to consolidate power. <clears throat> In fact, they're advocating for Muslim power. Uh, this is what I was talking to Jim on the radio this morning. So before I get into some examples, I, I do want to remind you of the spiritual condition because the question that we must as Christians answer is why is this happening? Why is Islam so rapidly being promoted and, and, and advanced in, in our nation? Why are they getting cover from the media, from Hollywood, from those in our government? Uh, why is it being given cover in our education system? Why are all of these naive, liberal, lukewarm, emergent church, social gospel churches engaging in this interfaith dialogue that is erroneous and unbiblical, in the ecumenicalism that is erroneous and unbiblical, claiming that Islam and Christianity have a common God and common word and and, and, and Islam is Abrahamic and all of these deceptions that are that is befalling the church and not recognizing the spiritual implication 
First and foremost, folks, Islam is an anti-Christ spirit. I know this because I came out of it. I know this because the Lord showed me. I know this because I've read the Word of God and I've read the 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 Quran and the Sunnah and the Sharia law book and and I understand Islam, folks. Islam is antithetical and denies every major tenet of Christianity. It is directly a threat to the cross of Jesus Christ. And as Paul says in in, uh, the book of Colossians, I believe it is, uh, when he says that ideologies that are enemies of the cross, Islam is an enemy of the cross of Jesus Christ. But it is also a national security threat to our nation. And when they go hyper-political, folks, it is troubling. Now, spiritually, I covered this on, on, on a previous show I believe that there are many examples in the Old Testament, but but really the prominent example the Lord put on my heart was from Joshua 23 again. And we've covered this before. I'm not going to go into much depth into it. I encourage you to read the entire chapter of Joshua 23. When Joshua was, 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 was you know getting old in years and was about to pass the baton, and he was warning the Israelites not to betray God, not to turn God, he says in verse 8 of Joshua 23, But you are to cling to the Lord your God as you have done to this day. For the Lord has driven out great and strong nations before you. And as for you, no man has stood before you to this day. Verse 11. So take diligent heed to yourselves to love the Lord your God. For if you ever go back and cling to the rest of these nations, these which remain among you, and intermarry with them so that you associate with them and and they with you, Know with certainty that the Lord your God will not continue to drive these nations out from before you, but they will be a snare and a trap to you and a whip on your sides and thorn in your eyes until you perish from off this good land which the Lord your God has given you. I was discussing this in our church service on Sunday last week, and I said this is the judgment that is befalling America, a nation that... Uh, the the foundation the 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 forefathers of this nation that established a land dedicated to to Christ they made a I believe very clearly a covenant with God if you look at the Mayflower Compact if you look at the Jamestown Compact if you look at the language of many of the settlers and how far in four hundred plus years we've fallen to the point where we utterly rejected the God of the Bible and what is the consequence. Another, first of all, nations come against you when the hand of the Lord is removed and the protection of the Lord is removed. uh, You're not going to drive out these nations. They're going to come within. And when they come within, you see things like open borders, lawlessness. They, 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 they pillage the land. They take the resources and, and worse, the worst part of it is foreign gods. They bring in their foreign gods, and Israel got in trouble for that, and America is now in trouble because, just like as Europe is, because we now are seeing a foreign god promoted in this nation and elevated, and it is not the god of the Bible; it is the false god, the Antichrist spirit that is Islam. America is now under a bail system, and that bail system promotes other bail. Uh, demonic ideologies 
I'm not going to mince words with you. I've been very clear on this. The Lord is very clearly this on my heart for, for me to, to warn the church of Jesus Christ about the spiritual uh, entity that Islam is. Islam is not just a cultural thing. Islam is not just an ideology. Islam is not just a law. Islam is a spiritual threat. It is a demonic entity, and yet it is an antichrist spirit. And, for, and for, for the love of God, I don't understand why the church could not figure that out other than blindness and spiritual deception. So let's get to some examples of what we're seeing because of the condition that we're in. Because of the condition that we are in, we are being overrun. And it's happening not just, again, in the schools and the government and the media and the churches, but it's happening politically. And for all of this talk that... Muslims just want to come to America and coexist. It is nonsense, and we, we, we're going to continue to fall for it. So here's some examples. First thing that I, w- I want to cover three things on these programs. The first thing I want to cover is that the, the, there's very clear evidence that the Muslims and the Muslim Brotherhood are going hyper-political in order to prepare for the upper house. So as I said earlier, this negates the argument that Sharia is just a personal faith and not to be imposed on non-Muslims. They are also using interfaith dialogue and interfaith churches as political cover for their infiltration. I'm going to give some examples of that in a minute. Number two, what's interesting is that the majority of these Muslims running for office are running as Democrats on social justice liberal issues. I'll explain that. And number three, what's interesting is, and and very disturbing, is it is becoming commonplace for these Muslims who get elected to take their oath of office with their hand, not on the Bible, but on the Quran. That's very troubling if we understand that a devout Muslim following Islamic law sees the Constitution of the United States of America or Canada or Europe, whatever Western nation you want to talk about under Western laws, they see those Western laws as man-made laws. What that means is that it is a duty and an obligation for them to implement the law of Allah, which is Sharia law. The Sharia is the path, the way of Allah. It is their duty, and it is not just private faith. 1,400 years of Islamic history has shown us their goal is to establish a caliphate, Islam in every nation of the world. That's their goal. Good news, good news, church. We know that in the end it won't happen, but that's what we're seeing, uh, you know, moving in that direction. So, Excuse me. Let's dig in. Um, The first thing we see is that we see the Muslim Brotherhood actually preparing um, to mobilize, to mobilize uh, folks uh, to caucus, to get politically active. 2015, uh, Niharawad, the head of CARE, is speaking at the ICNA conference, the Islamic Circle of North America. And this is the same conference that he says that Black Lives Matter is now our matter. Their cause is our cause. If I have time, I'll I'll try to pull the video for our next show for part two of this program. 
at that same conference, he says that we must mobilize our mosques with one million registered voters. Now, one of the things that struck me is everybody is telling me, oh, Sharam, the Muslim population in America is only like 1%. There's only like 3 million Muslims. Well, if there's only 3 million Muslims, how do you mobilize 1 million of them to be voters? Unless there's way more than 3 million Muslims in America, which is the fact. In, in my estimation, we're looking at 9 to 12 million Muslims in America and growing thanks to our chain migration system, thanks to refugee resettlement, uh, to some extent illegal you know, aliens coming in, but predominantly they're coming in through quote-unquote legal means. And so with this number and percentage, Nihad Awad says we're going to mobilize our mosque into voting centers. Now this was in preparation because at the time, they were witnessing Trump, and they were, you know, obviously the majority of Muslims supported Hillary Clinton. This gets to my second point that they're running on leftist issues. They're running on liberal causes. They're supporting the Democrat Party in mass. Yes, there were a few Muslims who were for Trump, a small, small percentage. But 90-plus percent vote Democrat if they're voting. And I don't have the hard numbers, but but just again, we can look at the caucusing. We can look at the demographics within the the political parties. I was in Minnesota uh, back in September. I spoke with members of the Republican Party there in Minnesota who were talking about the number of Somalis that are caucusing for the Democrats. The majority of the Somalis that are now voting are caucusing for the Democrats. So they're not just getting hyper political; they're getting hyper political for one party. And, and, and again, make that connection for you. So we have to understand that um, the goal here is to, according to Nihadawad, is to mobilize and get politically active. I believe that is because they were gearing up, they are gearing up for going to the upper house, the Dar el-Islam. And according to the Muslim Brotherhood, they estimate that with 6 to 9% of the population, 5 to 8%, 6 to 9% of the population, that they can get to that upper house. Just like in Europe, we've seen Europe is now, at least for seven years out of the mosques, they're declaring Europe to be Dar al-Islam. They've already declared Europe to be the upper house. How does that happen with 12 to 14% of the population of Europe being Muslim overall? Some countries higher, some countries lower. Obviously, enclaves, you know, are way, way, way higher. 70, 80, 90% Muslim population in some of these enclaves. But how do they get to the upper house? Because they went hyper political. They're now getting people elected into office. Turkey. Turkey is an example where, again, if those who think don't understand Sharia as political, look at Turkey. When Turkey, you know, for, for, uh, since the fall of the Ottoman Empire, you know, ultimately in 1918, Turkey went predominantly secular. But with er- Erdogan coming in 
and getting Muslims elected to the parliament, the more it is becoming Islamic. And since the the so-called failed coup attempt there, uh, what, three years ago, I think it was, they, they are now getting very Islamic, imp- imposing Sharia there in Turkey. So that is that is going to happen in Western nations as they get greater population and more people elected in, into public office. Again, at the from the local level all the way up to national level. So... Nihad Awad signaled that this is going to happen and they were gearing up in 2015, 2016. Now since Trump has come into office, they have gone on overdrive. The number of Muslims running for office in 2016, 2017 has increased dramatically. And they're not running and hiding from their background, their name. As I said, they're not. But they're see, here's the thing. They are relying, folks, on liberals and, you know, the, the, the feminists, the LGBT community, the secular humanists, and, and liberal Christians, theologically liberal Christians who are compromised. They are relying on them, the Muslims are, to get them into office. That's why they're, they're running on these leftist causes. And again, I'll, 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 on our next show, I'll play the clip for you uh, from Yihad Awad, what they're talking about. So we know that that is the case. Let me give you a couple of examples now how that's manifesting. And I will put these in our notes page and the links are there. CARE Minnesota. Remember, CARE is the Council on American Islamic Relations. This is the Muslim Brotherhood. CARE Minnesota. Here's the headline. Muslims, Christians, and people of faith launch path to fight Islamophobia. So one of the things that you have to understand is that the going political and hyper political isn't just that oh we, we want to you know engage in this democratic process and we want to have a voice no 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 it is ultimately as we've seen in Europe to impose their will and get legislation passed that would impose hate speech laws, hate crime laws, anti-defamation laws to give Islam political cover. How do we know this? Again, number one, Europe. We've seen the Islamists be able to get anti-defamation laws passed in Europe that has protected Islam, that that if people, uh, including elected officials like Gert Wilders, offend Islam by telling the truth, they get charged with crimes. And we've, we've seen it, for example, in Washington State. With CARE in Washington for seven years running or eight years running has gone to the Capitol and had a Muslim day on Martin Luther King's birthday. One of the things that they're pushing to legislators, because I have led, I have friends who are legislators in Olympia, Washington at the Capitol is they'll say, we are pushing for uh, anti-Islamophobia bills, anti-hate speech bills. And by the way, this just happened in Canada. They passed an anti-Islamophobia resolution. It is not law, it's a resolution, but now they're trying to make it law and w- w- with the help of, of, of uh, you know, Obama 2.0, Muslim-loving, refugee-loving, feminist-loving Justin Trudeau, they're going to get it, get it accomplished. That's what they're doing. They want to, cri- listen, here's the bottom line, Christian church. They want to criminalize it so they can come after Christians. Do not miss this. Christians are the targets. Well, I would say conservative Jews and and Bible-believing true Christians, we are the targets. 
So Care Minnesota, they're using the interfaith platform and these loosey-goosey, naive, uh, ignorant, compromised Christians to give them, you know, again, so-called Christians, to give them cover. Here's what they're going to do. More than 100 Muslim, Christian, and faith leaders from across Minnesota are collaborating on a shared fight against Islamophobia in the state. They're launching this effort through a press conference, solidarity rally, and phone bank to engage thousands of Minnesotans of faith to caucus their shared values and vision for the state. They So, so what are they doing? They want to get... Uh, 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 non-Muslims engage in the process caucus again mostly as Democrats so that they will support Muslim causes i.e. speak out against Islamophobia turn in those that are quote unquote Islamophobes do you understand what they're doing the Muslims are getting the Islamic movement the Muslim Brotherhood are getting their allies together who they're going to use to come against people like you and I this also happened in Washington State. Uh, CARE Washington joined with the Southern Poverty Law Center, the SPLC. By the way, remember our ministry, the Truth and Love Ministry, is on both of the lists of these groups as a hate group. We're on the CARE list for the Islamophobia Network, one of 41 organizations that are supposed to be uh, labeled by them as an Islamophobia group. We're also on the SPLC hate list as a hate group. So we've made both of these lists. So they joined forces, same thing. CARE Washington announced in Redmond, Washington, over 90 Christian, Jewish, and Muslim clergy have made a commitment to promote religious freedom for all Americans as a beginning of a national movement. And their goal is what? To basically say, look, uh, Trump is a racist. Those who support Trump are racist and bigots. Uh, and we got to fight bigotry and Islamophobia. And let's join forces. With who? With these interfaith leaders. Do you see the connections? Are you putting the pieces together? And who's the target? True Christians, true Jews, true conservatives, true patriots, anybody that is warning about Islam. And so this hyper-politicalness is very, very concerning. Now, when we come back on, the, on part two, I will get into the other sections. We have many more examples. I'll get into, uh, uh, again, the, the, the causes that they're running on. And this troubling thing about how they're taking the oath of office on the Quran. I'll play that clip for you from uh, what Nihad Awad said. Folks, we got to wake up and listen. We got to pray for these 2018 elections. The left is deeply mobilized, deeply mobilized. Uh, th they're going to have a massive turnout. And if we don't turn out, the House, the Senate, state legislators, governors, uh, city councils can massively flip. And we could be in a world of hurt uh, more than we are. Uh, not that everything is in a political solution. Number one, we have to pray and correct the false teaching and the false practices that are happening in the church. But if we care about this nation and we want to fulfill our civic duty, be good citizens, good stewards of what God has given us, we need to be prayerful and, and vote. Uh, pay attention, folks. Uh, we'll see you on the program next time. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers. Visit our website again. Check everything out on our website. Share this with friends and family and your, your people at your church. Uh, God bless you. God keep you strong in the faith. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Truth in Love Radio with Pastor Sharam Hadian. 
You can visit our website, order DVDs, subscribe to our podcast, or support the ministry at www.tilproject.com. Please join us next time for another installment of Truth in Love Radio.